Dan, I want to let you know I'm sitting here with three rolls of toilet paper next to me to bring upstairs when this is done. <laughs> Fantastic. Did you get you a know. dirty did you get a dirty chai cup cupcake to go with that toilet paper? No, I'll tell you. Rick, Rick Rick's not wiped out like you're gonna be out shipping all You're that. listening to <laughs> ACB Radio Mainstream. Learn more about us at our website, www.acbradio.org. This is Sunday Edition with Anthony, a news magazine show featuring human interest, in the spotlight, movers and shakers, and the news and happening that affect all of us in and out of the ACB community. Well, 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 with that introduction, if that intro wasn't majestic enough, I have taken on the majestic task of doing a roundtable to celebrate Florida Council of the Blinds virtual convention these past couple of days. Later on in the show, we'll also be joined by Joel Snyder, who will be talking all things Joel and audio description. But right now, I would like to say hello to Sheila Young, President of Florida Council of the Blinds. Good afternoon, Anthony, and good afternoon, everyone that is listening. I am very pleased to be here today, and I'm honored to be here with some of our great convention committee and uh, Florida Council members. So I'd like to introduce Mikey Wiseman, first vice president of the Florida Council. Hello. Cassandra Jesse, second vice president of the Florida Council. Good morning. <laughs> Good afternoon. <laughs> oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> Being inclusive of the West Coast. And, and the uh, awards committee chair. Um, Katie Lear, our convention committee chair. Katie. Hi, everybody. Gabriel Lopez Cafati, who is our education and leadership committee chairperson. Hey, everyone. Debbie Grubb, who worked, she's our public education committee chair, but she worked so hard on our convention program this year. Debbie. Hi, everybody. Dan Spoon, who is a dear, dear friend, a dear member, and of course, everybody knows, president of ACB, but a huge member of FCB. Dan. Good afternoon, everyone. Glad to be here. And who did I miss on the Florida side? And of course, we're honored. Eric Bridges from ACB is here. So Eric, welcome and thank you for joining us. Sheila, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Anthony, I think I got everybody. I hope I didn't miss anybody except for you. Well, everybody thank knows you, thank on. you, thank you all for joining. I think we got the roundup of the Florida Council and our esteemed ACB guests. 
I'd also like to introduce Debbie Hazelton, who will be speaking for ACB Radio. Can you introduce the ACB Radio team that you brought with you today? Yes. Good morning, everyone. Debbie Hazelton, Managing Director of ACB Radio, and I'm here with Jason Castingway, the Managing Technical Director, and Jeff Bishop, our board liaison, who is oh huge in helping us all to uh, make it, he makes it so much easier, and um, in many ways. And Darrow, oh. Darrow Lukes is here with us, and I think that's everyone from ACB Radio. But boy, oh come on! Oh, Rick, Rick's here! Oh my God, on, Rick, Rick, extraordinaire, who who should be uh, maybe like director of audiovisual, who was the major Zoom czar this weekend. Wow! Awesome, awesome job. And I know Byron's here, too. Byron? Wow. Hey, Byron. Are you here? And Byron is, oh, man, superb. Am I back? Yes, you are. Good, Byron. Hey, Byron is a superb. I don't know. Productionist. Oh, my gosh. What's going on? Okay. Are we back? Yes, we're back. I didn't think we left. I just don't think we have Byron, but I think everybody. Yep, I heard him join. Okay. I just got let in. Yep. Yes. Good morning, Byron. Good morning. We were just all introducing with ACB radio. So. Oh, good. Okay. Yep. I muted myself because I didn't know if you guys were going to be going right off the bat when I got in. So. Yeah. Okay. Good. ACB radio. Good morning. So we are going to change. I am going to switch up my presentation a slight bit because we do have Jeff and he has to run off to some other important stuff. So Jeff, could you give us a couple of comments about behind the scenes, how it all went down? Sure, I can do that. You know, one of the things that makes ACB radio really great is the team of people that we have working with us. And we have people who are working really long and hard, both for the Florida Council Convention, as well as the upcoming National Convention. And, of course, uh, Jason and uh, Debbie are, are leading the charge on the ACB radio front. But really, we have a, uh, just an amazing, talented team of people, including Byron and Rick and, and Darrow and so many other people who are doing so many things behind the scenes that nobody ever hears from or sees who, who make the magic happen. And... Well, there were, uh, I'll let Debbie speak to this, but while there were a few, you know, little things that we all learned, there always is in a process like this. I think that we were able to come together and, and really make magic happen for Florida, which I'm sure Florida will talk more about uh, coming up here. But I just wanted to publicly thank um, the entire ACB radio team for such wonderful talent and energy and just, just commitment to making magic happen. It's, you know, just an amazing thing to see people united and come together and just just uh, make things happen. So thank you. Well, before I let you go, I want to ask, what did you learn that you're going to apply to national from this dry run Florida convention this weekend? I'm going to go ahead and let Debbie take that, but I can fill in if... uh... You know, or, or all of us can fill in after she does that because she, she has some messaging on that. So, Debbie, go ahead. Well, when I <clears throat> was thinking about it getting up this morning, I was thinking about, 
interesting about communication because I think several of us had times when things should have made sound that didn't, that were should have not been muted and were, and other times when things made sound that shouldn't have, and various software glitches, various, many moving parts. And then there were roles that were uh, introduced that were incorrect by other people and roles that were left out and people that were left out. Like, I'm really glad Eric's here this morning because Eric plays such a central role. And I was surprised not to have Eric speaking on the day to day, what happens uh, behind the scenes in the office. Eric is one of those behind the scenes that is is really such a source of support for us. Um, and so I think we all learned a lot about paying more attention to the moving parts and the moving people in all this. Absolutely. Um, you, any, you go, any, excuse me, any (laughs) other of you guys want to jump in with some behind the scenes, what you've learned and what you'll apply to national? Sure. Uh, one of the things, this is Jason, uh, one of the things that was just interesting is that there were little logistics with software and hardware that we were figuring yeah. out as we went along um, regarding, you know, we want to make sure the audio is streamed, but how do we make sure people hear what we're um, playing, you know, when it comes to the presenter um, ads or exhibits? How do we make sure the Zoom callers hear that. So we, we figured out what we have to do for that. And uh, I I think um, we learned quickly and um, kind of the hard way, but, you know, mm-hmm. it, it ended up, I feel, being hugely successful. And it's, it's great to frame it as learning in, instead of making mistakes. And um, I'm, I'm thrilled with how everything turned out. If, yeah. I can, if I can say a couple words, this oh, is Rick. Please hey, everybody. Do. Absolutely. <laughs> um, I, you know, uh, first off, Anthony, congratulations on a fabulous show. Um, I Thank mean, you. just coming into ACB Radio, we're thrilled to have you. So it's been a while. I've been wanting to tell you that. Um, Thank you. Uh, what do we learn? Well, we can never plan enough. You know, um, uh, as an example, you know, we thought we had all the dies caught, dotted and T's crossed. And the first time we went to transition from one segment to another, it's like, oh, my God, how are we going to do this smoothly? Okay. So we, we did an audible and, and, you know, that's when I started handing off to Katie. And I thought that went very well, but that none of that was planned ahead of time. And uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll know better for the next time. Um the, um, I, you know, <laughs> one, I, I don't want to get, I, I'm going to write up, a, a, you know, probably a two page uh, memo to sets of notes of things that we learned. But, um, you know, one thing that, that's interesting when people say, uh, let's open up the mics and have a round table. Um, you know, they, I mean, uh, that's great, but it doesn't always sound good from a, from an audio standpoint, but you know, and there's a lot of reasons for that. So not well, the least of which are when people call even in had telephones, communication they're, difficulty they're, between attendees and panelists, didn't we, Rick? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were using webinar and this was the first time a lot of people were familiar with that, with that platform. 
and we had sent out, you know, invitations multiple times and people claimed they didn't get them when, you know, if they didn't get them, it's because we had a, we had a wrong email address, but, 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 but whatever, you know, be that as it may, something that we're going to have to do for national is uh, do a better job making sure that everybody that's going to be a presenter is spoken to ahead of time to make sure they understand, you know, what they need to do, when they need to do it, all that kind of stuff. But having said all that, I think this was a huge success. I, I, I want to salute, you know, Florida, the content, you know, which to me is probably is one of the most important things. The content that got put on the air was absolutely incredible. It was. Um, it, 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 it was terrific, and I congratulate everybody in Florida on, on putting together such great content. I, yeah, we, we had glitches, and we had, you know, uh, unmute yourself and all that kind of stuff, but, but it, it, it didn't overcome everything. You know, I, I, I think we were able to, to keep it going without too many distractions, and, uh, um, you know, I, I'm pretty proud of how it went. But, of course, I've got a vested interest in this, but anyways. Of course, but I will definitely say you did a phenomenal job in the transitions. I'm sure that there were some other glitches that no one ever realized because you caught them. Um, you were on air a bit and you sounded phenomenal. So thank you. I think before I turn it, before we go over to Florida, I think the big question that I was asking for ACB in general was, is this going to work? And without a doubt a resounding i was a, a listener a participant twice but basically a listener i listened to just about every moment of <laughs> convention <laughs> so from my opinion my standpoint absolutely it's going to work and it's going to shine so do any of you guys want to speak on that before we jump over and talk to the florida guys and gals yeah, it, it, it's going to it's going to work. And there's one element that we're going to be adding when we do the national, which we didn't do at all with Florida is video. So a, a lot of what we're going to be, um, you know, trying to layer on top of everything that we learned is how we're going to be producing video. So so that's going to be kind of cool. And and we're also going to be streaming on Facebook and YouTube. And so uh, some exciting stuff, but we got to, you know, this gives us a good base by all means. This is, this is going to work. Plus several streams well, concurrently. <laughs> wow. Absolutely. Well, on behalf of the ACB listeners, Rick, Debbie, Jason, Jeff, uh, Daryl, am I forgetting anyone that's here right now? A big, big, big thank you for making it all work for allowing that great content to stream and be easily accessible. Uh, you guys, if you want to stick around and stay while we're talking to Florida, um, Jeff, I know you've got somewhere to be. Thank you so much for coming on this morning. Big thank you to ACB Radio. And of course, thank you for allowing me to have this show. <laughs> thank you. All right. So turning focus over, Sheila, I promise I'm not going to try to make you cry today. <laughs> <laughs> Aww. But by my count, I was getting, um, I've got five, five Sheila cry moments. And I think that that was absolutely beautiful. Sheila, you no. must be so full of pride and, and just uh, the feeling of a job well done. Where'd you go? I'm here. She's here. <laughs> oh, <Aww, laughs> Sheila. Are you crying again? 
Hey, Sheila, I got to roll of toilet paper if you need to dance with tears. <laughs> did you get, the, did you get that at the auction, Rick? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Roll it to me, Rick. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, you're right, Anthony. Oh. Oh. Here's six. Well, <laughs> I know everybody is tired. They are thrilled. They're just sitting back saying, wow we did it <laughs> and it, it was amazing and we couldn't well, have done it without acb and we couldn't have done it without acb radio and we certainly couldn't have done it without rick Morin. he was phenomenal and our convention committee worked so hard and i just want to say thank you to everybody why don't you say? I'm, I'm sorry. I said I wasn't gonna make you cry. <laughs> God, that's got me. That's got me crying. <laughs> <laughs> Sheila, Sheila, that, that, thank you, thank you for everything you did. I didn't do anything. I just, you know, I'm just so fortunate. I, I am, as Claire said last night, you know, I, I'm just so privileged and fortunate to be president of one of the best state affiliates ever. So, um, it, you know, it's just an honor to be with this group of wonderful, hardworking people. So, Katie, Debbie, Mikey, Cassandra, you guys, you guys talk. <laughs> Hi, this is Debbie, and um, I just want to say that uh, in terms of the program, if you got to understand, when we put this program together, it was supposed to be for an in-person convention. And so what we did was a couple of, a couple of program pieces had to be removed because they didn't not that they were bad, but they didn't, they didn't, they wouldn't be good. Translate. Translate. Well, thank you. Um, into the virtual convention. One was a lovely um, botanist coming to talk to us about the healing things of flowers and plants. And we were going to smell them and touch them and be given some. So that will definitely be on our program for next year. And then another one of our groups who thought they could do a program at the last minute couldn't. So if we had had two more programs, I would have been happier. I wish we hadn't had to have repeated the um, the sponsors and other stuff too much, but that wasn't a bad thing, but I'm kind of a perfectionist. And Eric, um, we all apologize. You were not meant to be left out or disrespected at all, but Claire was going to be our national guest at our convention. And um, Cindy Van Winkle, um, um, we were going to bring in you know, on, on Zoom or in some way. So what I'm saying is we, we just kind of translated over as much as we could. So I hope you're not offended or don't feel respected by us. It was just trying to get everything moved over. And um, I, I have just, a lot of bitter feelings toward you. Okay. Baby. Okay. Yeah. Good. Actually, good. if I could just say something real quick, um, I, um, I, I'm very proud of, of the work that my team has done and is doing. So it was very nice to see uh, Claire's work be highlighted this weekend, as well as Cindy. Um, and then, obviously, the beginning of this show, uh, Debbie and Jason, and the work that they do for ACB Radio. But they're they're also contractors with ACB, and so I work I work very closely with the two of them, along with obviously Rick and others uh, within ACB Radio who are dedicated volunteers. And so, um, you know, from my perspective. Uh, 
you know, I, it just made me proud. So we're good. Well, Deb, before you go on, um, I'm actually going to kind of cut you off. I don't want to steal your thunder, but I don't want to talk about the the hit, the misses. I want to talk about the hit. I'm, I'm going to talk. I think we have to say we're talking about what we learned. And that's the only thing I would add that was a miss. I thought that the program went well. I thought that people spoke from their hearts. Um, I I was even impressed. I was impressed with everybody. And I think that they got the best. But I think when we learn, we have to. But what I would say in conclusion to my little thing about what we learned is the good so far outweighed the bad. Rick was always there. Katie was always there. Sheila, Dan played such a significant role in this whole thing and um i was just thrilled with everyone and i gotta say i was especially proud too of the legislative seminar senator simmons whom i would be who i have to tell you was recommended to us by to me by our president sheila young and she gave a wonderful um you know, a recommendation of him. And it took us a while to make sure we could get him. You know, you have to jump through all these hoops and things, but he was phenomenal. So I would say I, as program chair, I am delighted and pleased and proud of the outcome. And um, the little bit that we need to learn, I think will benefit us in the future. And I sincerely hope that we can take the best of the virtual convention thing, even once again, when we can have live conventions where we're all together and do some of this stuff so that people who cannot come can be included. So um, it was it was wonderful and I was proud and pleased to be a part of it. And now I will give the floor back to you, Anthony. Absolutely, thank you. And I hope that in the spirit of all that, when National is, reviewing what the hits and misses were for FCB, that you are on that panel and you are definitely able to voice those opinions where it will most definitely count. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. I will probably come back to you in a few minutes on another note, but so as you guys know from the endless emails that went out, I wanted to tag Florida Council of the Blinds virtual convention as the first bold and brave step on the path to the future. And I absolutely, absolutely feel that they took the ball, hit the ball, knocked it out of the park and ran with it. So I'm gonna ask my Florida panelists, would you tell us your favorite moment from convention? Let's start with a precedent, of course, Miss Sheila. Oh boy, um, all of it. No. <laughs> 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 um, I I listened to every minute of it, of course, because I I would not be expected to do anything less. I think my favorite part was opening session yesterday morning with all of the presidents. That was amazing. So that worked out beautifully, and it was very nice to hear all of them talk and just be open. So. I think overall, uh, it, uh, there wasn't anything I didn't like. So, but I think that would be my favorite. Awesome. I'm going to jump to Gabriel. And I know you'll probably talk about Claire being Clara for about two minutes. <laughs> Gabriel, what was your favorite part? Okay. Thanks for putting me on the spot. That was <laughs> okay. <laughs> my, I, I, of course, I have to uh, 
say that my favorite part was Friday afternoon. I'm 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 torn in between legislative, which is one of my Debbie knows everyone knows how much I love legislative and how passionate I am about it. But no, I have to be a little bit selfish because I have to say Cassandra and I worked for weeks and we had middle of the night phone calls. We had text going back and forth. And my favorite part was working with Cassandra and Barbara Brown on the awards ceremony on Friday afternoon. Um, it's always so fulfilling to recognize people and it was fulfilling to to let people know that even we were even though we were not able to meet in person, they were still recognized and scholarships, um, you know, recipients, uh, let, letting them know that we're still there for here for them and that they'll be invited next year. It was just, it was just, I, I, when I was muted, I was, I was probably competing with Sheila and, and yes, crying a little bit. <laughs> um, but since you put me on the spot, uh, I, I thought you were going to have like a, like a segment for funniest moments. Um, I'm sorry. I do not, Claire, if you're listening, I do not mean to make fun. It's, it's, it's from the, from, with all my love, that's what happens when you come as a guest, whether virtually or in person, to Florida. Your name gets automatically yeah. tropical. You 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 went from Claire to Clara. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that five color, times that by color. my count. She yes. went to Clara she, five she times. Insisted. She insisted. Thank you, Clara. And I was like, oh my God, Claire, this is what happens when you come to Florida. <laughs> Cassandra. Sandra was in the meeting, but somehow she got kicked out and now she's having trouble getting back in. All right, Katie, then I'm going to jump it and throw it right to you. How about you? And by the way, you sounded fabulous all weekend. You know, I have to practice. My next career is not going to be in a radio and announcer. <laughs> my words get stuck. I, I can't see what I'm saying because my eye teeth are stuck behind my tongue. So um, I, I listened to 95% of the convention. I had my Zoom earphone in my ear. But I have to tell you, my phone was ringing. I was getting emails with people having questions, people having concerns. They couldn't find their invitations. Well, they had them and they lost them. You know, so it was just one, it's just all of the behind of the scenes things that we have to take care of during the convention, which of course I was always very glad to do, but I had no idea that all these things were going to happen. So this whole convention has been a wonderful learning curve and an experience for me. I have to say that I, I, I really enjoyed everything that I listened to. Um, and it has been a pleasure. Mr. Wiseman, first vice president, your main role in Florida convention is to take care of all the behind the scenes stuff at the hotel and, and take care of hospitality, et cetera, et cetera. What excited you this year about convention? What was highlighted for you? Yeah, I thought I was going to be on easy street. Can you guys hear me? Yes. Yeah. I thought, I thought I was going to be on easy street since we didn't have a hotel. Um, but I, I found a place for myself and I, you know, I'm always a little bit in left field when I look at things like everybody else. And I think that's what makes me special. I, I think my favorite part of this convention and this whole process was the journey. This was a boot camp 
for us. And post-mortem, we have so much to be thankful for. Yes, we had a we had a successful convention. So much to be thankful for. Yes, we had a we had a successful convention. To be thankful for. Yes, we had a we. Uh -oh. I was echoing. <laughs> um. The, the journey, um, this, we've been doing conventions for quite a while. Like Debbie mentioned, our, our program is robust and it is built around it quite a while. Like Debbie mentioned, our, our program is robust and it is built around it quite a while. Like Debbie mentioned, our, our. Oh my. Oh my. Somebody got a speaker right close. Oh my. Microphone. It sounds like somebody's listening to ACB radio and. Oh, it's good. It's someone with the name of Sherry. Oh, good. Sherry has now left the meeting. We're good. All right. And unfortunately, I think that kicked Mike out too. And he was saying something awesome. I know we got Cassandra back. Cassandra, your favorite or most engaging moments for convention? I'm here, by the way. Oh, continue, Mike. I think Cassandra got kicked then. I'm so bad at hosting and doing Zoom. <laughs> so, oh, you're the, doing wonderful, Anthony. Thank yeah. you. The, the most important thing is, yes, we, have a, we had a successful virtual convention, and we would be nowhere without the support from ACB. And I think that this forced us as a committee to muddle through some things. It, it was not rainbows and unicorns the whole time. Okay, I, I, I cringe back on the day that we made the, whole, the decision that we had to cancel our convention and we were left scratching our head going into the unknown. But as a team, we worked through our issues. We worked being on opposite sides of the fence. We knew that we needed to make this happen, not just for us, but for everybody because it, it, it was going to incentivize people to participate. Um, we broke the mold for ourselves. We worked together. We had a fearless uh, convention committee chair, Katie Lear, the support from the executive committee, our president, Sheila Young, our ACB president, Dan Spoon, who, you know, to everybody else, he's the ACB president. For us in Florida, we still struggle because he's, he's still Dan Spoon to us from Orlando. <laughs> um, the folks from ACB radio who took folks who never thought about technology and embracing it to this level broke it down for us and made it accessible. So I hope that us getting through this shows everybody else, all the other affiliates, state affiliates, even local chapters that don't be afraid of the unknown, work together. And this was a big reminder that ACB, our parent organization is there to serve as a resource and a backbone to us to help us navigate these things. And I really am appreciative and humbled of the end result of the collaboration and of the learning experience afforded to me by everybody involved. So thank you very much. Thank you. Well, don't pack up your podium yet. I'm gonna come back to you. Ms. Grubb, Debbie, Debbie, your favorite <laughs> moment? Well, I had a favorite moment that melded into two program pieces. I love the legislative seminar. I, mm. I do every year. I mean, as Gabriel says, as a naturalized American citizen, those of us who were born to it, I still, I still am amazed at what we can do with all the frustrations and everything. And connected right with that was Claire Stanley's speech 
Claire is a phenomenal person. And I got to say, how she phrased things and how she took the privilege that she admitted was hers and opened the door with that key and marched forward and has done some amazing things. And we are so blessed. And thank you, Eric, for having the good sense to hire her in this role. And I got to say, a lot of her philosophy and her enthusiasm reminded me of myself at her age, and that made me smile. So I was just very pleased. And Cindy on membership, I just think the warmth and the openness that was expressed and every question was answered with kindness. And I just, I think that what, what I would say, one of my favorite things about this FCB convention was while it was going on, it was a safe place for everyone. And everybody felt safe to ask a question. The, yes. the presenters were wonderful, but I, I was very happy to see what an engaging, educational, safe place it was for people all over this country. And of course, our people here in Florida to come. And that made me very, very proud and happy. And speaking of all around the country, I was very proud to hear so many people from Illinois, Kentucky, various parts of the country come in and ask their questions and admit to enjoying the programming. So I was really happy for that, for Florida, for ACB in general. Cassandra, did we get you back before I move on from, from favorite moments? We did. No. Oh, okay, she's back. Good. Emma, can you hear me? We yes. can, yes. Cassandra. Yay. So my favorite moment was, and I know this is going to be weird, but as the officer liaison of um, this dynamic team of the committee, of the convention committee, is that they didn't give up. Um, they, they persevered and they took lemons and turned it into lemonade. And it, it made me feel really good to know that um, this team did what they did and we had a phenomenal um, convention. And ACB, um, I was very appreciative that you guys put out the Olive Brand, the Olive Brand and said, hey, we got you. And so I wanna, that, that's, that's what I have to say. Thank you. No, Cassandra, so, you cannot tell me that you have. I, I'm going to out you right now, girl, because in front okay. of ACB radio, because you and I both agreed that our favorite moment of convention was going to be hosting the award ceremony in our pajamas. <laughs> <laughs> Gabriel, you weren't supposed to tell them that. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but you're absolutely right. That's what it was. <laughs> So to all of you at large, and, and I do want to say, you know, piggybacking on what Debbie just said, um, for me, absolutely leadership. Uh, you guys were wonderfully, wonderfully beautiful to in include me. I had just moved to Florida to include me in leadership. And then on top of that, let me speak at convention. So for me, that was definitely a highlight. Um, speak So to speak to all of you in general, and one by one, if you want, we'll answer it. When you found out we're going to do this, we're going to be the first state affiliate, what went through your minds? And then the secondary piece of that question is, what would you say to the other affiliates out there who are contemplating doing their, their conventions virtually? 
Maybe we could start with Sheila. Anthony, you're becoming not my favorite person. <laughs> <laughs> I'll buy you a beer in person, physical convention land, and you'll forgive me. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Well, well, maybe two. But anyway, <laughs> um, it, it was, as Debbie said, it was a challenge because we wanted to make sure each program people would be able to access and be able to understand it. So that, you know, had to keep things as inclusive and um, I, I, as, as short and sweet because we were on a time schedule. We were told each session is going to be an hour and everybody that facilitated each meeting did a wonderful job with that. I think Rick will say we went over maybe two of them, maybe by two or three or four minutes. I'm not sure, but um, overall, we did a great job keeping it on schedule, and I think everybody, but we wanted to make it as inclusive as we could, and we wanted to reach as many people as we could, so I don't know if that answers your question, but I, I'm just, I, like I said, I couldn't be prouder of the job that the committee did getting this to happen. What I would say to other state affiliates, if you're thinking about doing this, go back and listen to the archive and think about what you can do to reach the whole country and yes contact acb radio because they they were just phenomenal so i i guess that's what i would say and feel free to contact us we'll we'll be happy to try to share things with them it had to have warmed your heart sheila to hear all of your your florida state members up in convention, but then to hear so many people from different parts of the country, it, it had to have warmed your heart to say this, wow, this is success, it's success. We're doing it. Yes, it, it did because I heard from people, Donna Brown from West Virginia. I heard from someone in Kentucky. I heard from someone in California. I heard um, Illinois, I heard Georgia, you know, people were listening all over and that was thrilling. So one thing I learned from this convention is next year when we are together, um, we're going to make all of our ACB radio themes on Zoom as well so that people can call in with questions. So that's, that's one thing I do want us to try to do next year. And I think that will be very exciting. So thanks, Anthony. Thank Bravo. you. Katie. Yes. Well, when I first heard we were going to do this, I took a deep breath and I said, how are we going to do this? And then I said, well, we're going to do it. We're going to think outside the box and we're going to make it happen. So we got with our convention committee and we had lots of discussions. Debbie and I talked more about the program. Things got rearranged. And the beauty of this for me was that I realized that we have a lot of Florida people that haven't been able to come to the conventions, do the hotel expense, food expense. And these people got to listen to their convention on ACB radio, as well as people around the country. So to me, it's been a very worthwhile um, experience. We've all learned a lot and I am just pleased as punch, as they say. Also, I would be interested to know at some point what our statistics were, how many people were listening to the sessions. I, I think you guys can track that, but I'm not sure. 
I think we can get those numbers at some point. Absolutely. Mikey? Uh, it is probably not couth for me to tell you my first thought <laughs> and the words that came out of my mouth on ACB radio. <laughs> I uh, heard them. <laughs> con contextually, I think it's important that everybody understand. And, and, and this is, you want to talk about taking 10 steps backwards is we as a committee were pretty much done with our convention program when everything hit the fan. And we had to start over from scratch. I mean, Debbie, Debbie had three days worth of programming scheduled, done, tied up, and confirmed. We were talking about seating arrangements in actual rooms when everything came undone. Um, again, I, I spoke briefly to this in my last comment. This, this was a, an intangible blessing because it broke our mold we were yeah. we were challenged we were pushed we pushed each other i mean <laughs> but we we did we got through it um and and we're now sitting here able to have this conversation breathing a sigh of relief probably drinking a little bit more wine in our glass than we need to for a regular pour because <laughs> I don't think anybody went into it a hundred percent that it was going to come off without a hitch. Um, but here we are. So, so again, I'm very proud of this organization, very proud to be part of the convention committee and very proud to say that we utilize the, the, the massive toolbox that ACB provided to us by way of support, technological support, and just some rah rah rhyme when we needed it to make sure we we did not get stuck. So to my fellow committee members, if I haven't taken the time to individually call you, thank you all for this amazing experience of working together. Thank you, Anthony. It's Dan. I'm gonna get to you. I promise. I just want to get through floor. Oh, do you have to go somewhere? Oh no, I don't. No, I don't. All right, then I promise you're right after the Florida uh, oh, committee. Oh, I, I, I now understand. Thank you. Awesome. Debbie, I have to say you are unflappable, but there was one moment that made me bust out in, in hysterics when you came unmuted and you were yelling for Rick. I said, oh, she's flapped. She's flapped. Talk to us, Debbie. Well, I tell you. Um, when, uh, when we first heard about this, the first thing I thought of was ACB radio's offer. And I just have, uh, and this is not propaganda or anything. It is really true. What has happened since Debbie and Jason and Jeff and all the other wonderful staff of ACB radio have turned this into, I can't, it, it's got to be one of the classiest top rate internet radio stations or however you would refer to that, that I have ever seen. And I stream a lot of internet radio on my phone. And so I just thought they've got our backs. If we can make the contact content happen, if we can get everything changed around. And it was just like when I was a little girl, I always felt I could do anything because my dad had my back. And that's kind of how I felt with ACB radio and these fine people who know so much and are so kind and willing to help and Rick always being there. 
I do have to tell you that one night I had a dream and I had my iPhone in my hand and it was my turn to um, lead, a, lead a discussion. And I kept saying, can you hear me? Can you hear me? And nobody was in And I remember I woke up with my heart pounding, but I just knew that with the people that we had in FCB and that most of our programming could be changed to the virtual format, I knew we could do it, but it was a little bit, um, you know, you just think when people started losing their invitations to come to the Pamela's side, and then they were on the attendee side when they should be on the Pamela's side, that gave me a little pause. But overall, I just knew with the people on our committee and ACB radio that we were going to, we were going to do this and it was going to be okay. And I just want to publicly acknowledge and thank the ACB radio team, this organization. I would say you are one of our real crown jewels and I appreciate you all so much. Thank you. And I'll apologize for being one of those people saying, how do I get in? How do I get in? <laughs> Cassandra, you did not have an easy task. I, I, I remember having a conversation with Gabriel saying, how the heck are you guys going to make this interesting? How are you going to make this something that people are going to sit and listen to? So you did it. Kudos. Congratulations. It was a great program. Thank you. Um, I, I, um, I tell you, Gabriel and I talked a lot. I don't think we talked that much in two years. But um, I was I was wondering I was like well okay so how we're going to you know and then I, I my my biggest concern was making sure that the people who got the awards would be able to say thank you um, yeah and so I talked to Katie a lot and Katie told me to calm down but you know I, I just because <laughs> it, it was my first one and. It was also going to be my last one, so I didn't want to, you know, we always have a, a fantastic show, and I just wanted it to be that way virtual, virtually. And as an officer liaison, you know, you always, you know, uh, when Sheila asked me about doing this, the first thing I said to her was, really? How is this going to work? Um, because I was thinking about all the things that we normally do. Not not what we did, but what we normally do, and um, and so what I did was I just um, I uh, I listened to John Maxwell a lot, and so I went back and listened to some of his stuff, and um, and so I started thinking how we could take the lemons and turn them into lemonade, and that's how Gabriel and I came up with the program that we did, and um, and that's that's that that's it right there. And we we made margaritas, darling. <laughs> we sure did. Yes. Absolutely. And all. I know the next man who's going to speak. I know him very well. We uh, share space. And I know how much work he put in. So all of you, all of you committee members, all of you FCB, you must have been driving yourselves nuts. So congratulations. Gabriel, your turn. <laughs> What can I say that has not been said yet? Uh, I, I, I was, I, I don't know, just, just, just crossing fingers, saying many prayers and hoping for the best. And I was obviously uh, in between, two, I don't know, two FCB and Anthony. One, one, I don't know if I wanted 
this to be a success more than Anthony and Anthony was stressed. I was stressed. We were all stressed. The awards <laughs> banquet was stressing me. <laughs> but but no, no, I, I decided to relax, lay back and just just figured that we were in good hands. Uh, we had put a lot of energy and prayers into this. We had ACB and ATB radio supporting us and uh, we have phenomenal people and definitely Florida once again proved that this is uh, the sh not only the state where all eyes are on, but also the state where the sun shines. So, so I'm I'm very fortunate to be here and to be a part of such an amazing family. Well, Debbie Hazelton will definitely attest to the many conversations that we've had. That success was not it, it was not an option. It was a definite. This was going to be a success. And then when we came on to the show this morning, we'd be celebrating and highlighting. And I'm so glad that it happened. I'm going to go now to Dan. Thank you so for waiting so patiently. First and foremost, please shout out to Leslie. The auction was awesome. And um, <laughs> <laughs> it rolls all the way through with all the paper references. And um, awesome, awesome, awesome. I taglined the, the, the um, basis of this show to be Florida Council of Brines, the first brave, bold step on Path to the Future. So, Dan... Here's your chance. Whatever you want to say, go. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much, Anthony. And just congratulations. Hip, hip, hooray. I mean, I think that, that everyone came together and just did an absolutely phenomenal job. Uh, ACB Radio and all their support, the FCB Convention Committee and the members uh, of the Florida Council of the Blind. It just shows us that what what we can accomplish when we work together. You know, one of the things I heard a lot as I first became president with the affiliates and the national organization is us versus them. And this weekend was not an us versus them. It was a we. And it was a yeah. resounding victory. So uh, thanks to everybody. You know, I, I always kind of try to remember our five core values of the American Council of the Blind. <laughs> the first is, uh, you know, uh, integrity and honesty. And I think we, you know, we definitely exemplified that by having everybody kind of, as Debbie was saying, what, what will work and what, what, what won't work? What, how do we have to do this? And so there was some, there were some tough conversations throughout the months of planning for this, but I think uh, it all led to a really, really good solution at the end by being for by folks being honest and stating what their what their true feelings and passion were. Second was respect, and I think at the end of the day, this team is all together and really respects what everybody was able to contribute. Uh, collaboration. Oh my gosh, everybody just working together to pull it off has just been absolutely amazing. Uh, then next is flexibility. Oh my God. I mean, Rick and Debbie and everybody, Sheila, everybody, Katie, you, everyone can attest to this. When you're doing a live presentation for two and a half days, boy, you have to be flexible. You have to really roll with the punches and you don't, you, you don't know what you're going to encounter next. And then our last core value is initiative. And I think we really showed the ability to, to be creative, to push through adversity, and, and to, to come through on the other side with really kind of the, the, as you said, Anthony, the first step to a path to the future. So from that standpoint, I just want to say it was a tremendous success. Personally, 
what I was so happy about was accessibility. I mean, yeah. I listened to this convention in so many different ways, uh, through Zoom, through the A-Lady, through just calling in on the call-in number for Audio Now when I was out on a walk. I mean, uh, you know, there were f- four or five, six different ways of accessing this convention with Katie, which Katie and and Paul and 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 uh, Sheila and everybody really laid out for us before we got started. So I thought that was really uh really, really a positive thing of how easy it was to participate. Uh, you could participate and go on with your life. And as uh, Cassandra and, and, and Gabriel said, and, and even be pre- a presenter in your pajamas, right? So it doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> so, so it really was uh, just so easy to access the information. Um, I think one thing we did learn is, uh, and Rick spoke of this earlier and Katie, getting getting presenters lined up you can never do enough homework there right and so mm-hmm. i think that's one thing we're going to learn as we prepare for the american council of the blind convention a takeaway i got from this is you've really got to have some folks whose full-time job it is to do the staging you know it's it's just that important uh, to make sure you've got your your panelists ready to go as panelists and uh, and then the other thing that i thought was interesting because we really enjoy people being able to raise their hands and ask questions. I think mm-hmm. what happened to us a little bit as the convention went along, people got so comfortable sitting in their easy chairs and listening on their uh-huh. Echo device to the convention. All of a sudden, when it was time to ask questions, everybody went, oh, heck, I can't ask a question from my chair. I got to go log on to the Zoom meeting to ask a question. So I think that was kind of interesting to say, um, you know, we have to kind of think through that of, uh, you know, how do we, how do we have that good participation? What, what was really interesting with the auction the first night, because it was only on Zoom, everybody was there and participating. And, and I think it led to a little more uh, lively interaction. Uh, and, and our and our panel discussions weren't, weren't weren't designed that way. They were designed with presentation and then questions at the end. But it is very interesting to see the dynamics of people and, and uh, kind of how they choose to participate. I think I, I'd love to learn from our panelists that were so involved. How much of you all? Lis- how many of you all listened to a portion of the convention on the uh, the A Lady or, or your uh, or your phone? I did. I did a lot. And then yeah. I did what you did at the when the questions were going to start, and I had one. I hurried up and got on Zoom. Yeah, you had to run over. And say, oh, here come the questions. I got to go get yeah, on my I just, Zoom. Yeah. I just grabbed my phone from. I didn't have to leave my chair. We yeah. might want to hear something from Eric too before time runs out. I know Eric was listening to some of it. So Eric. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I um, I listened to nearly all of it. <laughs> Uh, through my Echo, and we have a, an Echo with a battery pack that gives you about three hours of use. So I had it outside. It was like 82 degrees here yesterday, and my, my son Tyler just wanted to play outside. So I was out throwing the football with him and had it on. Um, and then I, uh, Rick sent me the link for, for Zoom to listen into uh, Claire's uh, uh, presentation last night. So, um, was still outside, uh, having a beer with the neighbors and (laughs) had an AirPod in one ear listening to it. And so, um, 
one of the one of the things that it, it was mentioned earlier, but I, guys, I've I've worked for this organization for almost thirteen years, and I've been a member for gosh, a little over twenty, and uh, I have never seen or heard a presentation like the one yesterday morning with the five uh, current or or past presidents of ACB. It was historic in my uh, in my assessment. And uh, I just thought it was really neat and something for, you know, archival purposes. Um, I, I'm guessing at some point in the past, something similar has been arranged, but uh, likely at a national level. <laughs> you know, this is a... This is a state convention, and uh, you know, it it was uh, it was uh, it was one of the jewels of of your convention, as as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and I think a lot of us are probably thinking that you guys should probably restream that during national, when there's you know when there's everyone from all around the country getting a chance to to participate and hear it. Um, I want to ask both you and Dan, um, don't worry about running out of time. I know Joel is a very gracious, gracious person. So if we cut a little bit into the second hour, that's fine. Dan and Eric, I, I know you guys are, were holding your breath. Um, Dan, it's no secret you were on my show a couple of weeks ago and, and we know that you, uh, this is your baby and you are very involved in making sure that this comes off, you know, as, as successfully, I think as Florida just did. So, are you guys releasing some breath and saying, all right, yeah, we're going to do this. It's going to, it's going to happen. I, I, I firmly believe it's going to happen and it's going to be successful. Uh, I think as Rick and uh, Debbie Hazleton spoke of earlier, uh, then we're going to take it up a notch, right? I was, I was whispering to Leslie as we were in the second day on Saturday, you know, Leslie, the ACB convention lasts eight days, 12 hours a day for eight days we're, th th it's going to be a true marathon. Uh, and then, and then as Debbie said, we're going to be broadcasting simultaneously on four different channels. And as Rick said, we're going to be adding video and streaming to YouTube and sometimes to Facebook live. So, um, as I was uh, thinking this weekend where, you know, I, I wasn't dressed in a suit and tie and I wasn't <laughs> maybe looking my best uh when when i was uh participating in a zoom meeting uh i'm gonna gonna have to get up real early and be and be trying to be looking my best and all of us are gonna have to be looking our best oh dan that was my thought when rick sprung that one earlier. day after day yeah so uh that'll be i think that'll be part of our challenge but yeah, it'll also get, get, get your best pjs out there that's right. <laughs> but I think it will also it, it'll also open up um, to a larger audience to to participate in our uh, national convention, which will be really exciting. Absolutely. Yeah. Eric. Yeah. You know, we um, it, it, we've come a very long way since. Uh, gosh, what was it? March 13th, March 16th, Dan, when we began to have. Uh, you and I uh, began to have some discussions about uh, needing to to look at at an alternative uh, to holding a an in person convention and to to try and prepare uh, or get prepared and figure out what that would look like. And over the period of gosh, probably a couple weeks, um, a lot of work had to go into to working uh, negotiating with the hotel. Mm -hmm. um as well as 
also bringing in the folks from ACB Radio, and uh, and all, all 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 along the way involving Janet Bickelman, who's our obviously our our awesome convention coordinator, and figuring out how we were going to reorganize and uh, put together a, a skeletal sort of uh, outline for how we were going to be proceeding. And um, you know, thankfully, the the board agreed with our assessment. Um, unanimously and a lot of that has to do with Dan and his his work um, in, in communicating with the leadership of the organization uh, you know but then all of the real work began which you know uh, all the people from ACB radio that are on this call and others uh, get together multiple times a week to, to talk through uh, how how we're going to proceed? You know, one of the one of the questions was, okay, so what technology are we going to use if we do this thing virtually? You know, mm -hmm. um, you know, and how uh, does everybody know how to use it? Um, Zoom webinar, you know, and and what what's encompassed inside Zoom webinar? What what are the you know the the options that we have? You know, stuff like Facebook Live and YouTube, which have been mentioned here. So there's, you know, there's a lot. And then as you go along, we have all these meetings uh, for our convention. Do we have enough people to physically be able to get uh, these meetings uh, a moderator? Do we have enough mm -hmm. folks that are coached up? Do we have, uh, which ones are gonna need um, to be live streamed? Which ones are just gonna be recorded? Which ones are gonna have video? Um, and so, uh, one of the, one of the really nice things is in early March, we, we hired Tony Stevens to be our director of development and he's got a significant background in, in, uh, you know, uh, radio and, and, uh, production. And it was just, uh, fortuitous, I think for us to have him come back when he did, I would say. And he's now playing a, a, a fairly significant role in the lead up to this convention as well. So we've got, you know, we've got him, we've obviously got Janet, we've got Nancy Becker, we've got the ACB radio team that's on this call, plus plus others, Deb Cook-Lewis, the chair of the BOP, mm -hmm. um, and others. And and uh, there've been, I think, you know, some definite growing pains and some, some steps along the way where, um, you know, the, that have been challenging for sure. Uh, but, you know, we're building the plane as we're flying it, just like you guys. Admittedly, it's a, it's a 747 <laughs> that we're building as we're, as we're flying it, you know. Um, we were but I feel, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I feel, um, you know, I feel more confident today than I did two weeks ago that, that this is, um, and as the weeks go on, I, I feel more and more confident that, that we're going to be able to have a, a highly successful, entertaining and informative convention. Yeah, and so, I think like the work, um, I was going to say, the work like that Debbie Hazelton did to pull together our pre-recorded content for the exhibit halls for FCB's convention really made us realize, I mean, it was clean, it was high quality, it, yeah. it was able to be you know, rolled in and off at the proper time frame. And it really showed us that the value, I think, of that kind of transition as you move from from one Zoom meeting to the next Zoom meeting. So that's that's the other thing I think we're we're going to take away from this. And it's it's a large undertaking, but 
the more kind of it's in certain cases pre-recorded material that we can have it allows you to kind of keep from having to have 15 or 20 presenters up say for a general session that kind of thing mm -hmm. so so we're learning uh learning as we go so thank you so much for for all fcb did and uh and being, uh, you know, the guinea pig here. And, and it was really a wonderful con convention. And, 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 and we got Dan Spoon on computer audio. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I thank that. you. Yes, and thank you. you feet. So much better. I was so glad to hear that. You sound, <laughs> great. You sound great. Well, thank you, Debbie. So, Dan and Eric, before um, I say goodbye to you guys, and, and then I'm going to close out with Florida, what do you want to say to Florida? And what do you want to say to the ACB radio team? Ready, Eric? Thank you, thank you, thank, thank you. you. Yes, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Um, well, thank you for for um, you know having the the foresight, but also the, the I don't know the ability to to think outside the box and and honestly to be somewhat courageous in pursuing something like this. Um, bold this, and brave. Yeah, bold and brave. You know, this is. Um, not something that that we've uh, as a community ever ever embarked upon before, and it was uh, it was great to to see you all uh, take this on uh, with you know jumping in with both feet, but also you know Debbie and, and Jason and and Jeff and and Rick Morin and Byron and and others. Um, you know I really appreciate all the work you guys do. Um, you know th this particular weekend um, was more in intense than than many others but um, the the quality of of how things sounded and the, the actual uh, production of it um, was really excellent so you know uh, I, I really appreciate all the work you guys have done thank you and the other thing I'll just say thank you on is the other thing that FCB showed us was that a virtual convention could be a financial success. You all were able to hold on to your sponsors and uh, have a very successful auction. And so, you know, that is one of the biggest fears we had with American Council of Blind was, would we get sponsors to sponsor a virtual convention? Would we still be able to do our fundraising activities? And uh, I, I think uh, you guys did an absolutely uh, outstanding job there. So uh, thank you for for showing us that there's a positive financial model as well. Nice. Well, thank you, Eric. Thank you, Dan, for joining us. Sheila, before you go, and everybody from Florida, some final thoughts on the most amazing transformation from physical to virtual that we could have we could have asked for, honestly. Well, you was you just went up to four beers now for putting her on the spot again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, <Gabriel. laughs> um, you know, Mikey and I started talking about this on the 15th of March, and we ended up going to the executive committee, I think, five times, Mikey, between then and the 30th of March. I can't remember. Um, so we had to turn this around when we made the decision as the executive committee very quickly because we had to notify the hotel by April 1st. And so that was only six weeks ago, which seems like it was a year ago. Um, <laughs> you know, what, what's so sad to me is we couldn't take care of the business that we needed to. This was our election year. And so I think we need to look at that. 
Um, I do think that um, a lot was done in a very short time and we did a phenomenal job and everybody that participated was phenomenal. Our sponsors, you know, our auction couldn't have happened without Dan and Leslie Spoon. So, you know, Dan can say thank you all, thank you, thank you, thank you all day long. But, you know, the, the auction happened because of them. And unfortunately, I've already been asked if we could do a live auction next year. So look out. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, you know, I don't, I don't want to say anything other than I appreciate every hour of non-sleep that people had to make this successful because I know Katie worked her tail off so and I know everybody else did and I'm sure Mikey was happy he didn't have to show up in the morning with coffee in his pajamas because there wasn't a rain <laughs> anyway Mikey the floor is yours where did he go all right, Katie. Hang on, I had to unmute myself. My telephone was ringing. Um, I just have lots of thank yous. First of all, I want to thank our FCB membership and FCB friends in Florida for learning how to listen to ACB radio because a lot of them were very concerned about how they were going to do that. I want to also, I can't thank ACB radio enough for helping us put this convention together for us for staying with us all weekend long <laughs> rick uh, rick you've been in my bedroom all weekend long buddy <laughs> I, I, and and katie i've been wearing my pajamas too <laughs> <laughs> but it's been a wonderful experience and i know that on may 21st i'm going to be registering for the acb convention so that i can listen to it on acb radio Okay, to that. Awesome, awesome. Tony, you're Anthony. You're breaking up. We can't hear you. Uh, is this any better? See, yes. the joys of live. All right. So, Mikey, you came back in. Any final thoughts? Cassandra, Gabriel, take the floor. Um. So, my final thoughts are that we're an awesome team, we're a family, and I appreciate everyone in ACB and especially everyone in FCB, everybody that's on this um, convention committee. Um, and I just know that, um, well, actually, I'm just glad we were a guinea pig so that I can listen to ACB later and, and know that we were able to Paved the way for you guys, Gabriel. Final well, I just, I just have to say, um, I've, I've never been so proud to be a part of such a vibrant state affiliate. Um, I love the human component. I love each and every one of my friends, my family, and FCB. Um, and this year it was just so complete. Uh, welcoming. A new addition and, and my partner. Thank you for welcoming Anthony not only into FCB uh, uh -huh. since early on, <laughs> since legislative, and then, like you said, giving him a spot. And for 
all warming up his program here. Thanks for all the support and uh, go FCB and looking forward to a phenomenal ACB. And if Janet Dickelman is listening to this, get ready because now this, I'm done with FCB. Now this is when I start busting your phone. <laughs> oh my God. Gabriel, you're not gonna plug Blind Pride and Pride Connection. <laughs> Sorry, I'm folks, sure my Anthony iPad died. Uh-huh. I'm sure Anthony has 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 worked with Debbie Hazelton and putting some promo for uh, for BPI. Uh, everyone knows I'm president of Blind Pride International, so no, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna gonna plug. <laughs> and 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 I think Anthony is logged on with the. Um, so everyone is seeing Blind LGBT Pride International, proud special interest of the American Council yes. of the Blind. And Dan and Leslie Spoon, uh, great supporters. Everyone here is a great supporter of BPI. So we're 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 so blessed and happy to have such an amazing family. Mikey got back in. So, Mikey, some final thoughts on convention this year and being in pajamas and not having to bring anyone else coffee? (laughs) So, actually, that's you don't know, Anthony, because you're new to Florida, but pretty much everybody in Florida can tell you that I have been known to walk around convention in my pajamas in the morning. And and flip-flops. And flip-flops. And nobody has had to confront me without having my normal cup of coffee in the morning. So that was a good thing. Yeah, that's not pretty. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I just think that this is, this, I'm going to equate it to skydiving. I did it. I survived it. I don't want to ever do it again. I really treasure (laughs) being in person and I'm looking forward to our next in-person convention both at the state level and at the national level. I think it's just going to make it that much more valuable. I think it's just going to make it that much more personal and special. Understanding that after a while of attending these things, we kind of take them for granted. But when you don't have it, you realize how much you love, how much you respect, and how much you miss the people that you share this organization with. Amen to that. Well, I shared with all you guys this morning an email on my thoughts. And my thoughts were that COVID-19 has put us into a position where we're sometimes living in a nightmare. And part of the nightmare turned into a phenomenon. It was like sitting in the stands, watching a game at the bottom of the ninth. There are two outs. And FCB stepped up to the plate and cracked a home run and hit it out of the park. So congratulations, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today. Everybody out there, look forward to National because if Florida can do it, National is definitely going to do it. And I'll have highlights and wrap-ups after National, too. (laughs) Thank you, everybody, for coming. Have a good afternoon. Thank you, you everyone. All All right, bye-bye. All right, come Coming up, I will be talking with Joel Snyder. Just stay tuned. You're listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, a service of the American Council of the Blind. This is underwritten by Ira. A description of life on your terms. Ira is a visual interpreting service provided by trained agents through a smartphone app available in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. 
or call our customer care team at 1-800-835-1934. Do you remember BPI? Oh yeah, Blind LGBT Pride International. They're a special interest affiliate of ACB. Yes, they are the ones doing all these cool things at convention. Guess what they're up to now? Do tell. Their own show. It's called Pride Connection. That's great, but what if I'm not a part of the LGBT community? This is a show for everyone. Actually, non-LGBT and non-disabled folks are known as allies, and they are a huge portion of BPI's membership. Everyone is welcome. So what kinds of topics can I expect from Pride Connection? Fun and relevant topics for everyone, from blindness to LGBT education, technology to advocacy. So when will Pride Connection take place? Every Tuesday at 10 p.m. Eastern. Be sure to tune in so we can all connect and learn while having fun. Pride Connection on On ACB Radio Radio Mainstream. And we're back. So that was an interesting, interesting roundtable discussion and a, um, wow, tongue-tied, sorry about that, and a project in managing lots of voices in a short period of time. Now, I am thrilled to be joined by Joel Snyder, who is all things audio description, and I know he's chomping at the bit to talk about audio description, but he's promised me that we could talk a little about Joel the man first, so you guys can get to know him as well as some of us do. Joel, welcome. Thank you for coming to the show. Thanks so much, Anthony. It's great to be with you. That was a great uh, hour you had just uh, just now. I listened in to the whole thing about the Florida Council of the Blind virtual conference. It uh, fills me with hope for uh, the national conference uh, this summer. Well, let me ask you, did you tune into some of the programming and what did you think? We'll start with that. Yeah, I, I, I did a little bit of the, the actual FCB. I thought it went very well. Um, as I say, uh, this bodes well for this summer and the, the national ACB conference and convention. Uh, and not, not only that, um, by way of you know segueing into audio description, of course, every other year, the ACB's audio description project holds its own conference. And uh, our sixth one will be happening this July, but um, it will be uh, virtual and it will be a part of the ACB conference and convention. So I want to be sure people know about that. Uh, when you register for the ACB conference and convention, you have access to um, the audio description project uh, conference events. And uh, if we have a minute, I'll run down those as well. Absolutely. And our mama bear, Janet, is working tirelessly to make sure that all of the affiliates, special interests, state uh, alike are represented well and uh, you guys have put some emails out there with your convention programming. But before we get into audio description and the convention that you guys will be handling, let's talk about you, Joel. Why don't we start with little Joel? Where did little Joel come into the world? Where did little Joel grow up? And when did you know that you were interested in all things audio? Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm uh, coming to you right now from Tacoma Park, Maryland, the People's Republic of Tacoma Park. We call it sometimes. It is a suburb of Washington, D.C., right on the D.C. line, and uh, but over the line into Maryland. And I was born in Washington, D.C., so I grew up really in, in the D.C. area. Uh, and went to high school here and uh, 
uh, went away for school at the Boston Conservatory of Music, but then back in DC at Catholic U and American University and my master's from University of Maryland and then a PhD from the um, Universitat Autonoma de Barcelona uh, in, uh, in nice. Barcelona. Uh, audio description institutes are really studied quite extensively in many um, universities throughout Europe. Not so much in the United States, unfortunately. But yeah. um, when I was when I was about uh, golly, I guess I was about nineteen or twenty years old in the early seventies. Uh, I began reading to a blind woman, a student at the University of Maryland, and we just both got a good deal out of that. And I began for that kind of thing. I I uh, ended up uh, becoming a uh, talking book narrator for the Library of Congress. Uh, and then that led to becoming a volunteer as a reader, as an announcer for the Washington Ear, which uh, still exists today, a radio reading service in the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. A and uh, there are any number of them around the United States now still. And uh, well, with my background, which was uh, already as a professional theater artist, actor, and uh, voice talent and radio announcer, that sort of thing, and English teacher, it, it seemed to work out well as someone who could uh, voice the readings of newspapers and, and magazines and short stories on the Washington Ear. Um, that, that was just a great delight. I started that in about 1972. And I, I say that in, in, um, with respect to audio description because as many of you know, in 1981, the Washington Ear, led by its uh, founder, Margaret Fanchtiel, and her husband, Cody, uh, developed uh, the very first audio description service, um, ongoing service in audio description. And it, it all began at Arena Stage in Washington, D.C. And uh, of course, I'd been there almost 10 years. I, I was a part of the Washington Ear family. And um, Margaret tapped about, I think it was maybe four or five of us to become audio describers. We didn't really know what that was. Um, and yet, as Washington Ear announcers, in a way we were already audio describers because how do you, how do you read the comics? I, I read the Sunday Washington Post. How do you read the comics to folks without describing the images? So I was already doing audio description. That. It, there was no formal kind of thing happening with audio description. Um, it really hadn't been codified at all until Margaret and Cody and, and our small group began to knock out the, the fundamentals of what, what it is we do. I do want to I do want to add though that um, uh, that was in 1980 81 uh, in the late 70s. I always want to make sure people remember that uh, a man named Gregory Fraser, the late Gregory Fraser, um, did a master's thesis on audio description, on how he might make a movie, Miss Jane Pittman actually was the movie, uh, how he would make that accessible to somebody who's blind. So really that was the first published work on audio description, Gregory Fraser. And by the way, we have his master's thesis on uh, the Audio Description Project website, if people ever want to take a look at that. Uh, it's really quite fascinating. Gregory went on to do uh, to develop something called Audio Vision San Francisco, which uh, still exists um, as the main provider of audio description for major performing arts events in the Bay Area. 
So that's that's sort of it, I think, Anthony. I, I hope that's enough. And a lot of that's a lot of that's in your book, correct? Yes, yes, it is. Yes, all. Oh, thank you for the the plug. Uh, yeah, let's plug it. Go ahead. Yeah, why not? Uh, well, it's an ACB publication. In uh, 2014, uh, ACB uh, graciously agreed to um, publish a version of my uh, PhD dissertation. It's called The Visual Made Verbal, a Comprehensive Training Manual and Guide to the History and Applications of Audio Description. And um, it has been a real success, I must say. We're working on a second edition of it right now. Um, but in the meantime, it is available uh, as uh, in Braille from the Library of Congress. It's available from the library as an audio book. Um, we have it in screen reader accessible formats. And then, of course, it's in print, in English, available from Amazon.com or from ACB's Mini Mall. Uh, but it's also been printed now in Portuguese, Polish, and Russian, with um, editions in Spanish, Chinese, and Greek are under development. So we hope those will be out later this year or early in 2021. Well, it's very clear to anyone who's ever listened to you speak and anyone who's listening to you speak right at the moment that audio description is your passion. It's your project and it's your profession. But tell us a little bit more about Joel, Joel's personal life. What does Joel do when he is not doing audio description? What is is there is there a time when I'm not doing <laughs> involved with audio description? description? Well, you know, I, I, I've been working, I, I guess I would say, full-time with audio description. Uh, I began my own little company, Audio Description Associates, in 2000. Um, and then um, in 2002, I really became full-time involved with audio description. I founded the uh, Described Media Division of the National Captioning Institute, and I was there till 2008, and ever since then, have been doing work through my own company, and a great deal of speaking and uh, uh, training of describers. Um, I guess I've been um, active with that now in over 40 states, and I think it comes up to about 63 countries now where I've either produced description or uh, voiced uh, description or uh, trained describers, spoken on description, presented papers on description. But, but before before all that, even while I was doing description since the um, I, I had been a professional actor, uh, and voice talent. I, I also was a, a arts administrator. I ran a theater in the uh, DC area here. And um, for 20 years, almost 20 years, I, I was um, uh, uh, arts administrator for the National Endowment for the Arts. I coordinated uh, all of uh, the NEA's funding for arts presenters and for uh, interdisciplinary uh, activities. So that was great fun. And that that allowed me also to kind of spread the word about description because there, there, there wasn't there was an office for special constituencies at the NEA, um, and that's since been changed to the Accessibility Division. But um, I did a lot of work with Paula Terry, who was the director of that office, uh, to to spread the word about accessibility and, in particular, audio description for folks who are blind or or have no vision. And of course, my, my dad, too, I oftentimes will talk about my father, who, um, um, when he, he lived to the ripe old age of 96, but when he returned about 80, he developed macular degeneration. And in those days, you know, they didn't have the treatments that you do now. 
Uh, nowadays, my, my mother-in-law has macular degeneration, and she's able to get injections that stave off the, the further deterioration of the retina. My father didn't have that, so he was, he was legally blind uh, from about 1980 um, for about 16 years. But at least he had his own favorite audio describer to, uh, to <laughs> help with readings and, and descriptions and such. So you talked about your dad. Tell us a little about Mrs. Joel. Oh, <laughs> I'm not sure she'd want to be referred to as Mrs. Joel. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, in July, I will have been married for 46 years. Uh, I God was bless. a child, of course. Uh, 46 years to uh, Esther Geiger, who is a, a magnificent supporter of, uh, of my work with audio description, but in her own right, as um, a dancer and choreographer and yoga teacher uh, and administrator of a yoga center. Uh, she's worked with me, actually, we co-authored a paper called Listening to Movement, which specifically focuses on how audio description is used for dance performance and movement. Um, that's a chapter in my book as well. Uh, we, worked, we worked a great deal with a group called Axis Dance Company in uh, San Francisco, which is a company that uses dancers of all myriad um, capabilities and such, uh, uh, mixed abilities, they used to call it, which sounds a little bit like some of us are good dancers, some of us are not so good dancers. But uh, uh, no, I think really they, they refer to themselves now as integrated dance. Uh, some of the dancers have one leg, some dancers dance in wheelchairs, etc. So we work closely with them to actually audio describe their performances. Uh, and that's been a wonderful experience. And Esther has been a, a, a significant part of that. Last year, we trained um, a folks at a dance company, Gravity, Jess Curtis Gravity in San Francisco, um, and they've run off now with uh, their own audio description program in the Bay Area, focusing on uh, new work and contemporary work and their own dance performances. So Esther's been a big part of that. And of course, we have one we have one daughter who's 35 years old, Emery Geiger Snyder, and she's a theater artist in Brooklyn, New York. She, um, I will say that uh, one point in her audio ongoing development as a theater artist, she directed a film, a short film that was accepted into the European Independent Film Festival. And uh, listen, no daughter of mine was going to produce a film and not have it be accessible. So we had, a, <laughs> we, had, we had a caption in English and French since it was being presented in Paris um, and audio described in English and in French. And uh, Emery was a real important part of that because it was her film. She wanted to, to see the audio description script and kind of make sure it, it fit the tone of what we were, of what she was doing in her film. So that's another little sidelight that uh, not too people know, not too many people know about. Well, you can't be a theater person or talk to a theater person and not ask a theater question. So I'm going to go there now. What is your Great. favorite show? audio described or not and what is your favorite time performance moment on stage <laughs> well you know that's interesting the um I've, I've been a member of actors equity for oh 40 some years and um, um after a sag which is the television radio and film union um and so i've done a, a fair amount of work um and i i guess i have to say 
having done five or six different professional productions of uh, your favorite and mine, Fiddler on the Roof, uh, mm -hmm. I, I would think that I think that's a marvelously crafted uh, show. Uh, I had the the uh, good fortune of uh, um, meeting the lyricist um, Harnick um, um, at one point and meeting um, Austin Pendleton, who created the role of Muddle the Tailor. But I've, I've played the role of Muddle, I've played the role of Tebya, I've choreographed the show and directed the show. So, um, and, and actually, I, this ties into audio description a bit, simply because um, um, one of the projects that the audio description project worked with uh, about five or six years ago was to develop an audio description script for two shows at Arena Stage. And of course, Arena is where description was born. Um, and so this is some 20 years, no, 30 some years later, um, we developed description scripts for uh, a straight play and for their spring musical, which was Fiddler on the Roof. And what was nice about that and the idea behind that was that we had it all scripted and it could be voiced by a describer any performance. Most times with performing arts, you have the description is scheduled for maybe two performances out of a six-week run, um, yeah. something like that. And same with sign interpretation. And my feeling is that's not good enough. People who are blind have schedules. They ought to be able to walk up to the box office on a given day and say, I'd like a ticket for the show tonight. And oh, by the way, I'll, I'll need the audio description and have it be available. Well, we did it. We, we were able to make audio description available at every single performance of Fiddler on the Roof uh, at Arena Stage. And, uh, and by the way, Arena Stage tripled their attendance by people who were blind or audio description. So they, made, they increased their ticket revenue and made a lot of people happy because they could catch us whenever they wanted to catch the show, they weren't limited to those two performances. So um, that's a kind of roundabout answer to your question or kind of a super response to your question. Well, that's that's okay. It is quite obvious and evident that your passion is is audio description and the advocacy and art of it. So let's jump into a couple of audio description questions. Some of the mine, some of them that have come up because people knew you're going to be on the show today, and then we'll open it up to a couple of people who are waiting to ask you questions. Sure. I think the first and most pertinent question that people want to know, and you give a great answer to, you did this once on one of BPI's open discussions for audio description, but I'm going to ask it again for all of ACB. Why is it that, and I'm going to use a specific title so that we get the the you know, premise behind it. Why is it that we can go to a movie or see a television show such as Judy in theaters and have audio described, but then when it's put out for streaming or DVD consumption, we no longer have that, that option. Yeah. It's such a, a, a difficult situation and it's a shame and there's, there's no good reason for it. Uh, this comes up often. Um, you know, the, Content creators, the content owners of those major films, those big studios, they are, they are very big. They are like little empires unto themselves. And a film will be created uh, for theatrical screening, which is the in-the-movie theater uh, distribution and screening. And not so much lately these days, but we'll get back to it, I'm sure. 
the, the theatrical screening unit is one part of the film company and their uh, home video, uh, which is what they used to call their uh, component that puts that movie out on, if you recall, VHS tapes or DVD yep. or now streaming or something. That's a whole other unit. That's a whole other unit. And add to that the fact that those film companies have different units in different com com countries. So uh, it's further delineated. And sometimes the needs of the theatrical trainer uh, don't match the needs of the people putting out the DVD. Uh, they don't communicate. They don't share the to track necessarily. Part of that, I think, has to do with the law. The Americans with Disabilities Act, just not that long ago, was basically invoked, understood to include movie theaters in museums, so that it's not enough to have a ramp outside so someone who has a wheelchair can get into the movie theater. No, it has to be programmatically accessible. Well, each individual movie theater is not going to develop audio description for each individual film that they screen. No. The onus went back to the movie producers. They had to actually provide the audio description track, the captions, um, et cetera, uh, so that they could be displayed. Um, that same kind of legal requirement doesn't exist for DVDs or for streaming yet. Uh, I say yet because the law certainly could be developed to clarify that, or there, there might very well be uh, legal action taken that says, you know, that everything that's that everything on the web is subject to the ADA as well, and that's a that's a bit of a gray area right now. A lot of people are not too sure that's true. Of course, you and I, I'm sure everybody listening feels that hey, the web should be accessible, and that means not just websites but streaming, etc. And I think we're going to get there certainly, but that's a little bit of the the I think the the history or the the thinking behind what happens when um, um, when audio description is provided for the theatrical screening, but then it's not on the the DVD or the streaming. And I'll add too, by the way, um, and this relates to the audio description project conference this summer that I want to be sure we address the the. Um, we will be screening, by uh, screening, I shouldn't say screening, but airing the soundtrack of the best picture, Academy Award-winning best picture for this character, Parasite. And, and I emphasize that because when Parasite was released in the United States, it did not have an audio description track. Yeah. One of all the films nominated for best picture that did not have an audio description track. And... Um, that was really disappointing. I worked with a, a film distributor in the United States on that, and what ended up happening is that when it went to the UK, again, you got different units of the company, in the UK, where audio description is actually more prevalent than in the United States, um, believe it or not, even though we started with it all, in the UK, there was no way it, it could be presented without an audio description track. So we uh, took a little bit of, a little bit of uh, work, but we have gained access to the audio-described version of Parasite that was shown in the UK, and that will be aired and available in the United States for the first time uh, as part of the Audio Description Project Conference uh, this summer. That will be, um, that, that particular screening will happen 
on, I'm looking it up here right now, uh, on Friday, July 3rd, 8.30, uh, airing of the 2020 Academy Award-winning Best Picture, Parasite, with audio. Well, if that isn't enough of a commercial for registering for this year's convention, I don't know what is. I'm going to jump topics a little bit. We are going to come back to ADP itself. But there's been a lot of talk lately about blind and low vision people that are moving into the actual field of audio description. So for someone out there who this is their dream, this is what they want to do, tell us, how do you get started? How do you get going? How do you get into right. the business? I'm so glad you brought that up because that's a that's a, an important point. Something that I emphasize oftentimes. Um, you know, there uh, there are a number of uh, audio description producers or production companies that um, that make description for media and performing arts and museums and such. My company is one of them, um, but there are certain companies that work principally with television and film. Uh, mostly others, and the one I want to highlight in Los Angeles, run by my good friend uh, Rick Boggs. Uh, Rick is totally blind, uh, and yet he runs this audio description company. Um, he and our own Chris work. Snyder is blind working with them, by the way. Yeah, well, he knows more about audio description than just about anybody else. And and I say that in, in particular, Rick is blind, but he's 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 a language artist. He knows how to write. He knows about language, about words. And so people who are blind can be, and, and do as for pay, as audio description consultants, actually listening to the script and saying, well, no, you didn't need to describe that. And no, I think I need a bit more on this. And I wonder if this could be more vivid and create image in the mind's eye more effectively. So audio description consultants, um, going back to Rick's uh, top audio eyes, Chris Snyder, uh, no relation, but he, I believe, is a member of uh, BPI. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, he's great. He's a, he's a blind man, and he's one of the finest audio editors that I know of. Uh, so actually, the you know the third part of the whole process, there's writing, there's voicing, there's the recording, and, and uh, audio editing of the audio description track. Chris is just a fine audio editor, and he, he doesn't let the blindness keep him from doing that. Uh, maybe it, it assists or something. I'm not sure, but uh, he's an excellent audio editor. And then the other thing I'll mention um, is that uh, for blind, our excellent can be excellent voice talent. Uh, they for the voicing of the description. Um, one one uh, of the audio projects. Um, one one of the projects that I'm most um, fond of, one of the initiatives, is uh, our our production of the first uh, ever audio tour of the White House, uh, which I wrote. But I was just I wanted to make sure that something that was happening at the White House had a close involvement. People who were going to Eddie Walker, who was um, just a, a legend in the Washington D.C. area radio community. Uh, blind almost from birth, um, and with a former uh, radio partner of Willard Scott, as a matter of fact. Anyway, Eddie and I have been good friends for many years, and he voiced that tour. Uh, and then you have other voice talents. I know uh, ACB member Satana Howry in New York uh, uh, is blind, and she does she does the voicing for a number of uh, audio description projects. So that's a great question, uh, Anthony. I'm glad you asked it. Thank you. 
Um, so I know that we have a couple of people waiting to ask some questions. Byron, are you unmuted? You want to go ahead and ask Joel? Yeah. Um, so I am very interested in getting into descriptive audio. And so I've done a couple of amateur projects. And um, what software would you recommend for someone who's just kind of playing around with making some amateur descriptive audio tracks and maybe might want to get into the business? Yeah, that's a great question, Byron. Um, you know, my, and that comes up often uh, in my training institutes. The, the Audio Description Project has done, golly, we've done 17 audio description institutes where we train describers. And we will talk about the software. Uh, my honest opinion is that uh, the focus of people working with description has got to be on language and developing those writing skills and voicing skills. The software being used is, is really far less important. I'll, I'll, I'll share a secret with you. Uh, we produce a lot of description in my little company, and we rarely use fancy software. Uh, Windows Media Player uh, and MS Word is really all that's necessary. Now, if you're doing dozens and dozens and dozens of hours, uh, hundreds of hours a month of audio description, there are software packages that are all based on captioning software, and they allow you to hit one button and insert the time code, uh, that kind of thing. There's even one package that allows you to uh, record the description yourself, actually voice it and record it, and do the audio editing, which I, I'm not a big fan of because I, I think you have three disciplines there. You have a writing discipline, you have voicing, you have audio editing, and I don't know anybody on uh, God's green earth that is, is a professional in all three, uh, and that includes me. Uh, so um, there are three software packages uh, that, you know, the names of them, Byron, are, I, I have a whole list of them. If you send a note, Byron, at jsnyder, J-S-N-Y-D-E-R, at acb.org or at audiodescribe.com. Either way, I will send you the full list, Byron. Uh, and that goes for anybody out there who wants to send me a note. Thank you. I really appreciate that. You bet. Byron, any follow-up questions? No, I think he uh, I think he kind of nailed it. All right. We have a friend also waiting. Roy, step up to the plate. I'm loving my baseball metaphors today. <laughs> is right? that Roy Samuels? It is. All right, we'll come back. How hey about there. Carl? Sorry about that. Oh, go ahead. Oh, here he is. Go ahead, Roy. Hey, how's it going? Uh, Dr. Joel, I'd like good to ask you, in addition voice, to what Roy. you... <laughs> it's good to hear yours, too. I, I was, uh, was going to mention you in just a little bit when we talk about the conference. Great to have oh, you join cool. in on this call. It's, uh, it's great to be here. I'm wondering about, in addition to what you've already mentioned, where you'd love audio description to go. Good question. Excellent question. And, um, you know, we're inching towards a time where audio description delivery will be available via smartphone. It, it actually is all, we're already there, but at a, and we're just taking baby steps. Um, uh, that's the thing I'm focused on most right now is the idea that a person could watch television in their home, could be in a movie theater and not have to depend on some other kind of equipment that, that the movie theater hands them 
or not have to sit at home with the prescription on. And maybe they have sighted folks in their family who were, you know, they don't need the description. They're not, they're not big fans. Although there are a lot of sighted folks who are big fans of hearing the description. Well, if you have a description available on your smartphone via an app, there's two of them in the United States right now. There are about half a dozen around the world, but in the U.S., um, uh, Spectrum truck communication just came out really from Access, which is um, their version of, of uh, ActiveView, the ActiveView app, has brought the ActiveView app. And then there's another group called SoundFi that does the same kind of thing. These are apps you download. The app listens to whatever's playing on your television or on, in the movie theater, and then you have downloaded the audio description track for that movie. The app syncs it perfectly. And what's nice about these apps is that they can also be used to sync alternative language. Uh, they can be used to um, increase the, um, how, how to say, actually modulate or equalize sound so that the sound for somebody who's hard of hearing is more easy to, um, to hear. Uh, because it's not a matter of just turning up the volume, it's equalizing the sound. Um, so there are a number of, uh, in fact, it can be used for sign language interpretation and captioning as well. So that is the Well, Joel, in the interest of time and to move this along a little bit, where are they in the process to making this more mainstream? And what can, what can we do to add our voice to make this happen? Excellent, excellent question, because the, the problem right now is the uh, involvement of the studios. The studios own the audio description track. And they need to be able to make, they need to make that track available to Spectrum Access or to SoundFi, um, licensed in some way that makes the whole process affordable, easy to uh, access. That's the problem with it right now. I mean, I think, um, if memory serves, um, Spectrum Access probably has two or 300 titles available. Like, you know, how many tens of thousands of films are out there. So we have a ways to go. And I think the consumers of audio description, contacting the studios, telling them, look, we want more description. The, the libraries that you all have, you know, those films were created well before 1980 or 85 when, when this started bubbling on, on VHS. All those films need to be described. Many of them have been, but they also need to make their tracks available to the uh, Spectrum Access and SoundFi uh, apps of the world. And they, they will listen, you know, they'll listen to, to you, Anthony, uh, or, or, or uh, Gabriel or, or uh, Dan Spoon or anybody who uses the service. They'll listen to you guys far more readily than they listen to Joel, who's just the sighted guy who they think is trying to make a buck off of it or something, which is, of course, kind of silly. But anyway, I think you, contacting the studios is a, would be, be important. All right. I know Carl has been waiting patiently since the very beginning of the show back with Florida. Carl, step up. Say hello. Well, and he's still on mute, I think, but before he, he unmutes himself, Carl Richardson and Kim Charlson, I want to note, are the chairs, the co-chairs of the Audio Description Project Steering Committee. And they run it, it's such a tight ship that they run. They, they have 
Um, we have a steering committee, and then I think it's like six or seven subcommittees that, and, and we would be doing far, far less if um, we didn't have Carl's participation and Kim's participation, and I must say Dan Spoon's participation. He was the chair of our steering committee before he got a promotion up to president of ACB. So, Carl, are you, are you unmuted? Carl, you should be unmuted. All right. Well, then I'm going to give you a rapid fire, three personal questions, and then we're going to jump into the audio description convention. So, Joel, favorite food Hello, and this why? is Carl. Oh, oh there Carl. we go, Carl. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I, would, I don't really have anything to add other than um, tune into the audio description conference this summer. We're going to have a lot there going on. Uh, we're going to be hearing from folks from Apple, Disney, Charter Communications, Comcast, talking about theater. We'll be talking about the National Park Service. Roy will be talking about his work as an audio description narrator, and you'll learn more about the audio description project. As far as what can consumers do, I would love it if we hear from the consumers, the audio description project, what their concerns are, so that we know what direction to take audio description and what is important to them what what they want to see us work on give us some direction because we're kind of guessing but if we have direction from the consumers that would be great awesome you know what i'll ask a personal question for a friend but i also want to know um who hamilton is coming to apple will it be audio described you guys know that's a good question uh, uh several people have been asking about that i i don't know for sure i think it will be carl do you know more? yeah is this Apple TV Plus, the service? Yes. Anything that they are putting on the service, they have agreed to audio describe. All right. So everybody who's been asking about Hamilton, you can clap your hands and jump up and down. It'll be audio described. Joel. In nine languages. Nice. Joel. Thank you. Yeah. Favorite food. Uh, Say again. Favorite food. Favorite food. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you know, I'm going to have to, my wife and my daughter are vegans. I'm not, but I am very fond of uh, uh, Beyond Meat, which is the uh, uh, vegetable-based, plant-based alternative to uh, ground beef and hamburgers. Uh, you really, you know, somebody who, as a, as a non-vegan, grew up eating cheeseburgers every now and then, um, you really can't tell the difference. Um, and it, I think it's even better. So, <laughs> all right. When this, when this nightmare of a COVID situation is a memory, where do you want to take your wife to celebrate? <laughs> That's a good one. Probably to go to an audio described performance of a of a play, since our background is in theater or dance. Uh, dance is a little trickier uh, audio description uh, project, basically. Um, and and also to you know whatever the latest movie is. Uh, you know, I, I'm a sighted guy, but I enjoy listening to descriptions when it's well done. So uh, I think that's probably what we would do. All right. Your favorite, absolute favorite musical soundtrack. <laughs> well, uh, let's see. Um, Fiddle on the Roof came up, uh, certainly. So that's got to be up there. I, I think Chicago um, is uh, uh, certainly right up there, as well as Cabaret. Um, those are those three in particular stand out to me. Uh, you can't go wrong with Les Mis uh, as well. And um, um, I, I have 
uh, actually the soundtrack. Speaking of Fiddler on the Roof, I have the soundtrack of Fiddler from the recent production in Yiddish in New York City, which I was lucky to see, uh, directed by, by Joel Gray. And that's really kind of a hoot. Um, if you know the show, of course, uh, doesn't yeah. matter so much if you're Yiddish or not. It's just a lot of fun. All right. Bonus question. Dan Spoon is a avid audio description guy. What's your favorite memory of working with Dan? <laughs> well, that's that's an easy one. I like that um, because um, Dan oftentimes talks about, uh, I, I guess, uh, I, I might mix this up, but I think when he was courting Leslie, Leslie Spoon, his, his lovely wife, um, you know, it was such a delight to be able to take her out to a movie and really appreciate what was going on. Uh, Leslie is low vision, I believe, um, and they both loved the, I don't remember what the movie was, Dan has told me, um, but that's a great story, and he shares it with folks oftentimes. He's been just a, a, a real powerhouse as the chair of the Steering Committee Audio Description Project, and he's doing the same kind of thing for ACB as a whole. Um, so he, I, I count him a, a good friend. Awesome. We've got a couple of minutes left. Tell us about the conference and tell us what's going on with Audio Description Project right now. Oh, well, uh, Audio Right Now, we're focused on the conference uh, really uh, single-mindedly. Uh, we have got, Carl mentioned some of this, you, you simply register for the ACB conference and convention, and that will include, uh, as I mentioned on Friday, July 3rd, the airing of the audio the parasite. On Saturday, this is great. You're gonna you're gonna be able to hear two episodes of Disney's Pick of the Litter with Claire Stanley, who's featured in those episodes. You guys know Claire, um, not Clara. <laughs> That, that'll be in the evening from 7 to 8.30. Uh, at 9 o'clock, uh, you'll get to listen to yours truly uh, describe fireworks because that's July 4th, Monday, July 4th. What, what I'm going to do is present a description of the 2019 fireworks on the mall in Washington, D.C. So you get your fireworks fixed there. Um, Sunday, we have um, um, our session... Um, is this, it's going to be Sunday or Monday. I, I've got, I might have this confused here, but um, we'll have a session every day of the week, Monday through Friday. Uh, the first one, that Sunday or Monday, is the um, Get Acquainted with the ADP website with our, our excellent webmaster, Fred Brack, acb.org slash ADP, I want to mention. Um, Monday night will be our, our prime time session, 7.30 to 9.30, Entertainment and Media Industry Update with Carl Richardson and folks from Comcast, AT&T, Amazon, Netflix, Disney Plus, Apple. Uh, it's going to be great. Two-hour session. On Tuesday, the, um, uh, we'll have the announcement of our 2020 uh, Audio Description Awards. And then in the afternoon, a legislative update. What's going on with the FCC? On Wednesday, our session is all about the National Park Service. Uh, moderated by uh, our own Denise Decker. Um, on Thursday, strategies for cord cutting, or do you stream? Uh, moderated by Kim Charlson, all about how to access description on television and streaming on the web. And then on Friday, I'll be moderating a session, audio description and quality control, 
How do um, audio description producers, how do they work? How do they hire describers? How do they hire voice talents and audio editors? So we've got a great session there with uh, a number of, well, Rick Boggs and Chris Snyder will be part of that. And then last, but certainly not least, the 8 p.m. Friday, July 10th, banquet speaker Roy Samuelson himself. This guy has credits from over 600 network and streaming and big budget films. He is a leading and well-respected Hollywood voiceover artist. And I love him because he's a, a, such a strong advocate for audio description. So we got a lot of good audio activity happening this summer. Joel, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Uh, everybody can reach you at the emails that you gave earlier or at the audio description project at ACB. I want to thank everybody who joined me in the first hour, Sheila, Mikey, Gabriel, Katie, Dan, Eric, um, Debbie, Jason, Daryl, Jeff. I know I'm forgetting you, Rick, how could I forget Rick? Um, and I probably am forgetting someone, but I mean it from the bottom of my heart. You've been listening to Sunday Edition with Anthony on ACB Radio Mainstream. For more information, questions, comments, feedback, suggestions, etc., please email celebration AC. That's the word celebration with the letters AC at AOL.com. Look forward to hearing from you, and let's brunch again next Sunday. Okay. Anyone still here? <clears throat> I'm yeah, still here. Hold on a minute. Well, I had three heart attacks <laughs> yeah. throughout that whole thing. Caleb, are you still here? I am. All right, so I'm going to have to get with Janine because I thought that we could automate. I was, we were under the impression we could automatically connect if I had um, Team Viewer and um, Live Help or whatever it's called up, and you'd be able to connect to me. So we're going to have to figure that out for next week. Thank you for coming. Now you see what the flow of the show will be like. <laughs> no, I definitely, 